Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. Hi there. This is Joan Van Ark, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcome you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. This is happy to bring you part three of our conversation with five-time Emmy Award-winning producer, writer, director, and the godfather of reality TV, Mr. John Barber. John Barber, a creator, producer, and one of the original hosts of NBC's Real People. John Barber, also producer of the acclaimed documentary Ernie Kovacs TV's original genius as well as three documentaries on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. John is joining us today via Skype. John's memoir, Your Mother is Not a Virgin, which we're going to explain how the origins of Your Mother is Not a Virgin. Uh, we, we didn't get to that last time. We'll get to that this time. John's memoir, Your Mother is Not a Virgin, The Bumpy Life and Times of the Canadian Dropout Who Changed the Face of American TV is the story of how John willed a career for himself in the entertainment industry, sometimes despite himself, uh, while also serving as a reminder that sometimes it's better to be liked than to be talented, and that you really can find strength and redemption through the love of a good woman. And this being Father's Day weekend, as this particular broadcast airs, becoming a dad. Given his turbulent childhood, John never saw himself becoming a father, resisted the idea for nearly 10 years after he got married, but as he explains in Your Mother's Not a Virgin, becoming a father was truly one of the life-changing moments of his life. Your Mother's Not a Virgin, available softcover and as an ebook through Trine Day Publishing, as well as Amazon.com, where books are sold online. John, welcome back to our program. Oh, Ed, it's absolutely a delight to be back with you again. <laughs> Thank you. Many of the videos that uh, John and I have been talking about and that John uh, you know, talks about in Your Mother is Not a Virgin, you can screen them, you can enjoy them uh, at johnbarbersworld.com as well as the YouTube channel John Barber's World. I want to ask you about Bobby Darren in just a second because you, you, that, that came up in our conversation last time. But before I forget, the title, Your Mother's Not a Virgin, that there, there's a direct line between that title and your relationship with Garrison, Jim Garrison, and the three documentaries on JFK that you ultimately produced. Yeah, that's that, that's true. And again, that came, came about by accident. And when I tell you this, since we are, are in Vegas, I want to tell you three really cute stories mm -hmm. that you'll get because 
I know you would love it. Your audience will get a kick out of it, too, because we're going to need a dark sense of humor to survive all this. But again, the title of the book, which I love, is Mother's Not a Virgin, is because it's an uncomfortable truth. Yeah. And, you know, 5,000 years ago, there was an ancient Persian proverb that said, if you're going to tell the truth, you better have one foot in the stirrup. And it's like. <laughs> Jack Nicholson said, in a few good men, you can't handle the truth. Well, Americans cannot handle the truth for the most part. So it happened when I was doing the AM show, and that's where I'd won my first Emmy, and I had people on like Cesar Chavez and Muhammad Ali and, and Jane, Fonda. Jane Fonda, yeah. all of them posted the, uh, the Vietnam War, and I gave them all a magnificent platform. Their stories in the book are fabulous in any event. Um, Jim Garrison had lost his Clay Shaw trial uh, in early 1969. He finally got Clay Shaw to court. He arrested Shaw in 1967 and went on camera, which is in the movie. And he says, we have solved the case. The CIA murdered our president. He said that. And, and then the media and the government began attacking him as a coup. Well, I'm a struggling comedian, and I want to become a citizen of the United States, the only country in the world made up of every other country in the world, and only the only country built on a set of laws, beginning with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So I wanted to be a part of this country, and I believe the government. But after two years of this vilification of Garrison, I was saying to my friends, hold it. If the guy has nothing, why don't they get out of his way and let him fall on his face in a courtroom? But they didn't want him in the courtroom because he indeed had solved the case. Anyway, he lost the conspiracy case. He got to court on January 29, 1969. Serendipity, the birthday of my son. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks after that, he lost the conspiracy case against Clay Shaw as being the handler of Lee Harvey Oswald and a participant in the conspiracy to kill John Kennedy. But he won the most important part of his case, which was the perjury case. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew about that. And the jury in less than eight minutes found Shaw guilty of perjury. But the government knew if Garrison revealed this guy's deviant homosexual lifestyle, he would not want that to happen in a courtroom, and he would start blabbering about the fact that he was CIA. Because Harrison, even though he got 10 years of all of Shaw's employment records, Mississippi a Shipping Company, uh, Permandex, all funded by the CIA, he could not convince the jury. That's, the jury had a hard time believing that he was CIA. How do, how do you prove it? But... Had he gotten the perjury conviction, we would have known everything about it. But there is a memo in the movie mm -hmm. dated 1967 from the CIA that says we must help play Shaw legally. Otherwise, Jim Garrison's going to get a conviction. So they infiltrated his office. They had eight operatives over the years who infiltrated the man's office. So anyway, I'm unaware of all of this. He loses the case. That's it. I'm in Edmund's bookstore right across from Moose Franks on Hollywood mm -hmm. Boulevard, mm -hmm. my favorite bookstore, used books. And there's this book, Heritage of Stone by Jim Garrison. Is that the same guy? So I pick it up and I start looking at it. It's the same guy, the DA in New Orleans. I didn't leave the store for four hours. Yeah. I stood in that place in the center reading. 
oh my God, the guy had to take Time Life to the Supreme Court because Time Life wouldn't give him the Zabruder film and the Supreme Court ordered them to. There is a forensic pathologist named Fink who says there was no God to even look at x-rays or photographs because they were stopped by military people from performing that. And, and I couldn't believe this. So as a matter of fact, if you look at the uh, 26 volumes of the Warren Report, you won't find one x-ray. You won't find one picture. It's just a cartoon drawing of a bullet going through the back of John Kennedy's head and then through, uh, through Connolly which is Saturday Night Live uh, cartoon time, mm -hmm. for God's sake. It's, it's just hilarious. And nobody challenged it. And everybody in this country and all the media supported it. And it was an out-and-out out lie. And everybody in America knows it. But they won't face it. Anyway, the next day, I pick up the phone and I look up the EA's number in New Orleans, dial it, and this male voice answers Beautiful voice. He, sound, he sounded like Orson Welles, for crying out loud. And I said, could I speak to Mr. Garrison, please? He said, speaking. I said, oh, Mr. Garrison, <laughs> my name's John Barber. I just read hair to Stone. And he laughed and he interrupted me. He said, oh, and you must be the other one. Only sold <laughs> copy. So anyway, I, 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 I talked. I asked him to be on the show. I said, we're 90 minutes. We're live. I'll talk to you for a half an hour. And then the audience had phone calls and they called everybody who wants to talk to you. He said, John, you'll never get away with it. They're not going to let me on uh, television uncensored. Believe me. I said, no, I just want an Emmy. We have the most popular show ever in the morning in the United States. We have the Today Show. I finally talked him into doing it. We chatted for about 15 or 20 minutes. And I said to him, you know, I don't know anything about conspiracies, Mr. Garrison. I'm just a storyteller. When I was a kid, it was listening to stories as a kid uh, and, and going to the library and reading Tarzan books and Mark Twain. I said, I just love stories. And you, yours to me is the most interesting story I believe in the world. And he said, I agree, but I can't get to tell it. I said, you will hear and then he said to me, he said, John, you know, it's 1970, six years after the publication of the Water Report. You know, the recent Harris poll just out said that 81% of all Americans do not believe Lee Harvey Oswald did it or did it alone. And I said to him, well, if that's true, why aren't they taking to the streets? Why aren't they demonstrating? And he laughed again. And the beautiful sardonic laugh, great sense of humor. He said, well, let me get to the second question on the poll. The second question on the poll was, would you like to see a deeper investigation or reinvestigation into this case in which both the CIA and FBI are investigated? And then he said, how many people do you think wanted to see that? I said, how many? He said, only 23%. And then he said, what does that say about Americans, John? And this is where the title came from, Ed, and I don't know where it came from again. I said, Mr. Garrison, I know what it says to me because I know what my mother and father did in the rumble seat of the car. We had rumble seats mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. Or in the pool table or in the bedroom to conceive me. So don't, don't ever tell me my mother's not a virgin. Yeah. 
Well, he howled and he said, can I quote you? He said, you sound like my second favorite writer, America's greatest writer, Mark Twain. <laughs> Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. Yeah. And I'm telling you. And the other thing he said, oh, quoted Mark Twain. Oh, he could quote Mark Twain and Shakespeare, Socrates. Uh, he said, one of my favorite quotes about Mark Twain is, what is the difference between a cat and a lie? I said, I haven't thought this idea. He said, a cat only has nine lives. <laughs> that is beyond genius. Yeah. Now, of course, I asked Mr. Garrison, well, you know, how did you happen to open the case or get involved with this in the first place? I mean, you're in New Orleans. This happened in Dallas. And he said he accidentally met, met uh, Congressman Hale Boggs from Louisiana. Hale Boggs was the only dissenting member of the Warren Commission, by the way. Mm -hmm. And you can't read that dissent because they won't publish the dissent. But he went before Congress. And he said, we have to reopen the John Kennedy investigation in that case because J. Edgar Hoover lied to us. And we need a new investigation. Now... Garrison met him accidentally on a plane, again by accident. Yeah. And then uh, Hill Fox said, you know, that kid could never take that old Italian rifle with that crooked side. He couldn't even shoot a dead rabbit. <laughs> and Garrison said, you mean? And Hill Boggs said, yeah. So Garrison not only got the 26th set, the 26th set of the Warren Report, he got three copies of it. He had 26 volumes in his home, 26 volumes in his car, 26 volumes in his office, and reopened the case because Oswald had been in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Now, the end of the story, as far as Hale Park is concerned, you can read in the congressional record his attacks on Ed Hoover and the CIA. Hale Boggs got onto a plane, a private plane, flying to Alaska. The plane disappeared, his body disappeared, and they never found it. And guess who drove Hale Boggs to the airport? Billy Clinton. <laughs> Billy Clinton and his wife had been uh, recruited early by the Central Intelligence wow. Agency. How do you think that they keep surviving in spite of all the scandals and the deaths yeah. surrounding them? You know, the CIA has created this mode around the... Uh, around the Clintons. And one of the reasons that Trump won the last election is that he wasn't Hillary. Yeah. That's, uh, I know a lot of people who have said that to me, you know, it was the lesser of two evils. And so they went for Donald Trump. And that's the expression that Americans have been using for about 50 years when they enter the polls. Yeah. The 1% select, and then the 99% of us are left to elect. So we really do not have taxation with representation anymore in this country. So anyway, that's how the title of the book came about. John's documentary, The Garrison Tapes, is available for free on demand on the YouTube channel, John Barber's World, John's website, johnbarbersworld.com. Your mother's not a virgin, the bumpy life and times of the Canadian, uh, a Canadian dropout who changed the face of American TV, available through Trine Day Publishing, T-R-I-N-E, trineday.com, amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Earlier, you mentioned Bobby Darren. You know, you opened for Bobby Darren. I've always been a fan 
a Darren. I did a couple of programs on him many, many years ago, and uh, uh, the guest was was uh, he did a biography of him. And the takeaway for me was you got the. I mean, he a he was a dynamo. B, my understanding is Darren sort of knew he had a limited amount of time on this earth. And so he, I mean, he's, this goes back to what you said earlier about making the most of our time. And, and he, he sort of knew, he knew definitely his time was limited. He was, it was born with a serious medical problem. Mm-hmm. And his family was told that he wouldn't live to be past 25. Yeah. He thought he would be long dead by the time he was 25. He was bedridden, and he had nothing to do when he was in bed. He wasn't that interested in reading. He was interested in music. Yeah. And so he absorbed everything he could about music, and he fell in love with it, and this natural gift just exploded. Yeah. I mean, he was like a Vesuvius of music. He could play all kinds of interest, instruments, and I think uh, I think one of his earliest hits was something about a polka dot bikini or some nonsense yeah. like that. But he wanted to become a star before he was 21. And I think he wrote that when he was 16 years of age. And he lived a few years longer than he lived. And I think the reason for that is because he really was happy and happiest when he was performing. Yeah. You know, the, the greatest medicine that you can take, it's better than any antibiotic in the world. It's happiness. Yeah. If you are happiness, your immune system is going to function well. Mm-hmm. And his function as well as it could and longer than it could, could. He was one of the most wonderful human beings I ever met. And after Bobby Kennedy was killed, he gave up the business for two years. He went off to the mountains, looked at the mountains for a while, and they wrote, uh, I think it was, I, the song was If I Were a Carpenter, yeah. some, uh, some song yeah. like that, just really great song. And then he decided that he wanted to get back to his joy, which was entertaining. Yeah. And when he wanted to come back, he said, I'm not going to dress in a tuxedo anymore. I'm just not going to do that. And he came back in jeans and a shirt, and people booed him. He walked on stage, and they booed him. Because they remembered the image of yeah. Bobby. So he said, you know, John, I wanted to wear the jeans and the shirt because that's how I felt. The world was changing. It's not formal anymore. But he said, I can't perform unless I put my tuxedo back on. And then that's what he did. And I'm telling you, when he was on stage, Ed, he was phenomenal. He could sing anything. Anything. Yeah, he anything. can sing anything. John Barber is with us via Skype. John Barber, the godfather of reality TV and the creator, producer, and one of the original hosts of NBC's Real People. We will take a deep dive into the events that got Real People on the air, among other topics, when we continue our conversation with John Barber after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential. Murph has to go to school. And he's got to be around kids like himself to be able to learn. Yeah, I mean, but there's no substitute for experience. I mean, look at me. I know all the hosts of real people. <laughs> well, and let's see. Skip Stevenson, John Barber, Sarah Purcell, and that black <laughs> Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life. But it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. 
Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Want a free first ride with Uber? Uber, the mobile app that connects you with a ride at the touch of a button in minutes. Enter promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive your first free ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Hey there, this is Wink Martindale, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Miss the show? We have more than 500 hours of archived editions of TV Confidential available on demand as digital downloads. For more information, go to shop.tvconfidential.net. This portion of TV Confidential is sponsored by The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster, the hilarious site-splitting new DVD available through Kino Lorber. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.